1: Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Uh, Just a quick announcement. I just got a text message from one of you from the last hour asking me about the noontime show. Yes, it's a it's a different show that I do. Uh, It's not called the Dr. Pat show. It's called Power Up with Dr. Pat. Uh, you can listen to it on Transformation Talk Radio or, or, or on any number of 200 cable radio stations through our affiliate CRN. But that is a very different show, and you're right. I will be talking about something different. Go to TransformationTalkRadio.com, and you'll see what the episode's about. Um, right now, though, I, I, I got to tell you, one of the things that I'm so thrilled And I'm so thrilled that I get to talk to somebody that appreciates and understands the value of what it's like to grow up as a kid with what we are now calling the Mediterranean way of eating. Some people call it a diet, some people call it a lifestyle, but here's the idea, the Mediterranean way of eating. Uh, Amy Riolo is joining me here today as somebody that is the author of one of the best books that I've personally seen. And believe me, over 15 years, I've read about 9,000 of them. One of the best books I've seen to pinpoint why in my family, my heritage, my background, why my family members always look so good, look so healthy, Uh, looked at 90 years old like they were 50 years old, why is that? What was it about what they were putting into their bodies that was so vital and important? But the next most important question to talk about was how did we move away from it? You know, what are some of the fads? What are some of the things that we all got hooked on that caused our bodies to just shout and scream out, please stop. And in my case, it was the no fat diet. Today, as the author of the Mediterranean Diabetes Cookbook, one of the things I want to say about this is it really touches upon health and well-being. For those people that are struggling or suffering with diabetes, it is just a beautiful way for you to, not only get to a place where your body appreciates what you're putting in it, but to eat some yummy, 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 yummy stuff. This book has been called the best diet book overall. And today we have Amy joining us and we're gonna take this apart for everyone about why the foods, the recipes, why the Mediterranean way of eating is beautiful. And I will tell you this, Even from my family, the one thing we learned was that there could be a universal way to eat that's really good for you. Amy, it's great to have you here.
0: Dr. Pat, it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Look, you are radio,
1: television, you know, you are the author of multiple books, but this book is, in fact, quite acknowledged. I want to ask you this question before we actually get into the book. You know, what were you scanning out there in the world? What were you scanning? As you looked at what people are putting in their bodies, what diet this one says it does, what di- What were you scanning? What was your overall assessment to you, Amy, where you said, OMG, I have got to write a
0: different book? What was that? what did you find? Sure. Well, there are a couple of different things. The first one was my own personal experience. And, you know, I've heard a lot of different people always talk about genes and kind of how you were doomed by your genes and whatever was going on in your your DNA. You couldn't overcome at at that time. But I knew that wasn't true because I knew that our family in Italy was really healthy, and we weren't, and we have the same genes. So I said, okay, there's got to be more to it. So that was kind of my first trigger. But then when I went and had the idea to actually write books, I was looking at a lot of books that were written by doctors that had a lot of great scientific information but were very sterile in terms of, like, recipes and, um, you know, cultural information and, and maybe a, a good read. And then I, there were other books that were great reads and, you know, full of lore and you just wanted to, to soak them up. But the recipes, you know, I don't know how healthy helpful they were for people. So I said I'd like to kind of combine both of those and then in addition have it fit into the diabetes uh, lifestyle plan. You know, a lot of people get scared by the diabetes uh, word, but, you know, one in two American adults nowadays has either diabetes or pre-diabetes. So, um, unfortunately, it's beyond epidemic level, and it's something that everyone should be aware of, even if they don't have it great, but, you know, to avoid getting it, because it is something that's uh, so common nowadays.
1: Yeah. And, and, and look, one of the things I love about what you've done and how you've done it, right, Right. So I go mm-hmm. through the book and I, I'm opening it up and I'm seeing messages that are so not about food, but are. And let me just tell you, the one the one of the messages, boy, I'm going to probably butcher this. Right. You know, w- one of the messages that that I came across in the book was Atarvola, Nancy and Vecchia. And so, you oh, know, Atarvola, Nancy
0: unc- Vecchia. Yep. Atal- yeah. Unc- yeah. In Vecchia.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, right. So, at the table, uh, no one ages, or one never ages. No one ages, right? Correct. But here's and the so message. it's so common in
0: Italy. You know, I, yes. I'll, give, I'll give people a good example. I, I please, um, In please. addition to my family and my travels, I do culinary tours in different places. And people spend so much time at the table. You know, in Italy, for us, a short meal, when we work with, it, with the different operators, we tell them, you know, we have a meeting at 5 o'clock. We're bringing this group to you at 11.30. And, um, you know, we need to be in this other place at 5 o'clock so we have to leave you at 4.30. This is five hours. And the people are looking at us stressed, like, okay, let's think, um, okay, because you're in a hurry. I can get at you in and out with their appetizer and your different courses and your cafe, um, coffee and everything in five hours. And, you know, to Americans, there are no five-hour meals. So it's, um, it's really, really funny.
1: It's hilarious, but I got to tell you, it is so true. You know, in your book, one of the things you say and you come out with, and I know that not only do you talk about this Amy, but you live it, you breathe it, you believe it. It's on your face. Anybody that is wondering if Amy actually walks the talk, just take a look at the pictures of Amy. I mean, there's a picture in the book where you're 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 with someone. I believe it's in Morocco and you're, you're putting an ingredient in a pan, and I'm looking at that smile on your face that my mother, my grandmother, the entire women in the kitchen, that is the face of a happy <laughs> cook. And that's what you're saying. We've yes. got to think of food as a friend. We've gotta be positive. But man, how do we get there given the way that we're handling food in our society now?
0: Oh, Dr. Pettit, you know that's a great point, point. and it's—I think it's very personal for everyone. It's hard um, when you think of food as something that you have to do to get it, you know, on the table. But there's one point, and it's a turning point for everybody who who loves to cook. Whether you you say, okay, you know, and, and this is what I did when I was young—I had to cook for my mom. So I said, okay, you know, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to make the best possible thing I can with this, and I'm going to, you know, you know, bring joy to myself and my family, and I'm going to nourish us. And it—it it was a great pleasure for me. It then it transformed. For other people, it might be they like a certain food that they can't get or a certain style of cooking that they can't get out, so they they you know begin experimenting at home because they want to be able to reproduce that flavor or that particular item, and that's what it is for them. Um, and, and you know the idea that um, it's really a privilege to be able to cook. I mean, if you think about it, just like any other you know activity, if it's, it's creative and it lets us you know, it's a way to express our emotions. It's also a way of sharing, you know, a way of art, a way of expression and culture and all of these different things. So just to kind of, you know, come back sometimes and be like, wait, just the fact that I'm be, I'm able to have this food, I'm able, I have these hands which are able to help me prepare it and things like that. It, just, um, it, it comes from a very grateful place. And that's really, you know, it's not that no one's ever in a hurry in the Mediterranean or people, you know, people don't work or things like that, but they really look forward to this time at the table and also the time in the kitchen because it's something that they get to do. And maybe it's because it's you know millennia old culture where food wasn't always plentiful. And so when people had food, it was a party. And but we don't look at it like that now. Now we can get the best food anywhere, you know, it's just by just pressing a button on our phone. And so you know it takes all of them the ritual and the kind of ceremony out of it. But a you know we have to ask ourselves are what we're pressing the button for our phone? Is it great for our body? Is it doing anything for our spirit or um you know to bring our our community or our family together? or things like that. So I, I realize it's a little bit of an effort at first, but I promise to anybody who, who just gets in there long enough to to discover what it is that they like about the cooking process, there will be there will eventually be something.
1: Yeah, and I, I wanna get to something you also talk about in the book that relates to what you just said. One of the things that I'm really struck by now is coming from uh, a, a, a very interesting family, right? Half Italian and my grandfather was born in Brazil but you, coming from this family, one of the things that I remember growing up is when you sat down, especially for like a Sunday meal, it pretty much started at about noon and pretty much no one really got up from the table for a lot of hours later. But what I remember is that this was also a form of engagement and entertainment. There was an exactly. energy around this. Isn't that equally important for, for
0: parents to get creative here definitely you know for couples for parents for friends for for co-workers we do a lot of corporate bonding you know cooking classes there are a reason that those work it's because when you're in the kitchen and i i always use um you know children as an example people can ask children what's how was your day at school fine you know how's everything good and then you immediately you start working with dough with them and within two seconds they're pouring their hearts out to you and i swear it's better than any therapy or any kind of Um, you know, formal process because it just comes natural. Their hands are engaged, they're doing a monotonous task, which is to them enjoyable, and they start to really open up. And so that's the benefit if we're with other people in the kitchen, you know, we can get that. But if we're alone in the kitchen, um, then we start to do that with ourselves. So we start to get into this kind of Zen space where you can really get creative and, and, oh, I just have the solution to that problem I was trying to think about at work um, because I, my mind is on something else. And and that's kind of really nice. And it's just, it's a void right now. And just as you said, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't have video games and uh, we didn't, I think we went to one movie in my entire childhood, maybe two, but that wasn't a normal thing that we did. We just, our entertainment was being in the kitchen together or getting things from the garden together or going grocery shopping together, as, as funny as it sounds, that really was kind of what we did together. And that that um, act of doing things communally, and especially eating communally, are really the base of the Mediterranean lifestyle before we even talk about food. And um, we, we, we're missing those human connections today. We kind of yeah, go backwards are. because we yeah, no and then kidding, we take right? a picture of it. You know, we, <laughs> we, eat, right. we take a picture, and then we talk about it.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, my God. You're so right about that. Amy, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk story. The question I have for Amy is can she think of a situation where she watched either her mom, her grandma, or some relative in the kitchen do something with food? And she thought, what? And it turned out to be delicious. Uh, When we come back, we're going to tell you how to get a copy of the book. Uh, For those of you just tuning in, we're talking about the Mediterranean Diabetes Cookbook. We're also going to talk about why the recipes in here help people with diabetes. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: Are you new to playing with the law of attraction or a seasoned pro looking for an easy and organized way to monitor your co-creation endeavors as you draw them from the immaterial planes into your physical reality? Then join me over at goldenotter.us for bi-monthly new and full moon rituals where we plant seeds of intention, then harvest the fruits of our desires as part of a dynamic community in the members-only Lunar Manifestations Forum. I'm Autumn Seibel, host of Golden Otter Radio, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. And I can't wait to meet you. Have you discovered the remarkable books at angelhealinghouse.com? Author Claire Candy Hoff has channeled rare books of inspiration and insight. Angels of Faith is an inspiring story of healing, comfort, and hope that reminds us that death is not to be feared, but embraced with joy. One true home. Behind the Veil of Forgetfulness takes readers on a roller coaster ride through Angel Ariel's five most important lives on earth, as well as her experiences in the afterlife, and helps us remember our own journey across the veil. And Claire Candy's autobiography, I Am an Angelic Walk In, which details the 2003 soul exchange that took place when Claire Candy walked out of her body and Angel Ariel walked in, creating heaven on earth for herself and others find out more about these wonderful books visit angelhealinghouse.com today
0: are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat at spirit fire meditative retreat center cultivating consciousness is what we do best our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being we lead from the heart and create space for the mind Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit SpiritFireRetreatCenter.com.
2: Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to vibrant, powerful moms helping everyday women create extraordinary lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit EmpoweringEnergy.com. That's Empowering with letters n r g.com. <laughs> it's Benny. <laughs> thank you, Benny. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Thank Who doesn't want to eat you. when we're coming to her house and your oh, house and my our guest God. house? Ah, I'm telling you. Um, uh, one of the things I want to say about Amy's book, the Mediterranean Diabetes Cookbook, one of the things I want to say, when you open this book and you start to cook the recipes and you start to read the message that Amy is bringing forward, You will literally transform your idea of food. And I know that we call this, you know, a cookbook and people hear the Mediterranean diet or this diet or that. We're not talking necessarily about losing weight. We're talking about a way to nourish the body. Uh, Amy, before we kind of get going here, uh, how can people, first of all, find out more about you, get a copy of the book? And also you have some other books, too.
0: Sure. So they can go to my website. It's amyriolo.com, and that's spelled A-M-Y-R-I-O-L-O.com. All of my information is on the site, but also Amazon has all of my books. This is my eighth uh, book, and also you can visit the American Diabetes Association site, which is diabetes.org or shopdiabetes.org. They have wonderful resources, in particular a new um, app called the Diabetes Food Hub, which is just a great resource for for people wanting to avoid diabetes or living uh, living with diabetes and wanting to enjoy delicious food.
1: Thank you. Amy, before we get to that bizarro question I had before the break, I want you to describe Mediterranean for folks that may not know. And the reason that I think it's important to describe it, because it brings in more than just what people might think when they hear the term Mediterranean. It brings in food and recipes from countries, they may not associate with that. So can you just give us an overview of this before we go to my bizarre question about your childhood and
0: mine? Sure. So, you know, different different people who are Mediterranean diet or Mediterranean lifestyle experts tend to focus on different countries. Um, Maybe they're, they happen to be from Crete, so they focus on the Cretan diet, or they happen to be from a different place than, you know, Spain, and so they will talk mostly about Spain. I have a different approach, so I, I had the opportunity and the privilege to live and work in a lot of different places in the Mediterranean, even the more remote places, or the ones that we don't associate with gastronomy. So, um, but I saw, you know, the, the lifestyle tenants and the way people live and the way they treat each other and treat food, and there are a lot of uh, similarities. So I like to include everybody from the south of France to Israel, and Morocco to Egypt in the, the Mediterranean category. So literally all of the, you know, countries that are surrounding the, the um, Mediterranean basin. Because for so many millennia, they had trade and commerce and interaction. And before we had our modern nationalistic borders, you know, there were borders, there were different empires or caliphates that would would, would control, you know, multiple countries at a time. So even though nowadays they might have differences, they still have a lot of similar roots, especially when you talk to the, the, the culture and the, the cuisine.
1: Yeah, and I want, just want to tell everybody but that this particular book is the second edition because I just uh, got a text message from one of our listeners saying, hey, make sure Amy talks about some of the other books she has, right? Uh, and there are uh, other books that you've actually written. And, and I think folks can get all of that from your website. Um, uh, and and I also have a question uh, from one of our listeners. But before I get to that question, uh, look, I shared with you during a break uh, an experience I had as a child because my grandma taught me how to cook, right? And uh, I remember just we we never had these fancy dancy tables. We always had a, a butcher block table, right? That's mm-hmm. what my grandma used, this butcher block table in the middle of the kitchen. But I came oh. home one day and I saw this giant pile of what I like shells, from fish and seafood. And I never forgot that. And then I open your book and I'm like, oh, yes, making stock from seafood. Did you have childhood experiences like that where you're like in the kitchen with your mom or your grandma, or something like that, and you're like, what the heck are we making with that?
0: Sometimes, you know, um, not too much because I think it happened from from such a long time and I was around them for so often that Ah. it became second nature. You know, I was fishing with my grandfather and and my father, and I was um, doing all of the kind of celebratory calabresi-type dishes with my maternal grandmother. And my mom uh, would have me cook, you know, scores of food. My step-grandmother was Greek, and so she married my grandfather when I was very young, and they lived right next door to us. So I used to celebrate all of um, their holidays as well, and especially like the Greek Easter um, became very very important to me. I think one of my surprises was it wasn't weird in terms of ingredients, but it was kind of like a trick. I would never eat a lot of meat as a kid, and still it's not my my top choice. Um, so they would always have to find all of these creative ways to get me to eat meat. And I my favorite one of my favorite dishes was my yayas. Um, roasted potatoes that she did with tomatoes and cinnamon in the oven every year. They would have it with a lamb on Greek Easter. And, you know, finally, when I got older, I told her, I said, I try to replicate your your potatoes. I just can't do it and whatever. And she said, that's because I cooked them under the lamb and all the juices from the lamb drip in. But we never wanted to tell you because you wouldn't eat it when you were a kid. So, you know, that, something like that. Not so major, but um, that was the main one. But I can also relate about the table because um, I remember my grandmother's, my grandmother's table slash bench and after she passed god bless her soul i uh, asked my family if i could have it because to me that that was the most symbolic thing more than any jewelry more than anything all of my childhood memories my good ones took place around that table so i wanted it yeah
1: and you know it's interesting because i shared with you that my dad's family was from northern italy and my mom was galabres she was Mm galabres but and so the food varied You know, anytime I was around my mom's side of the family, uh, you know, I always remember something about it had to do with fish. Something Mm -hmm. about it had to do with fish. My dad's side of the family, something about it had to do with some kind of crazy cream sauce. That's what I remember. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. as we look at this, and the reason I'm sharing this is I am struck by two things in this book and basically, Amy, all of your books. These recipes are delicious. And I gotta ask you this question. We have gotten so far off the mark about why eating healthy cannot include good tasting food. I mean we really did. We went so far off, right 20 years ago the the don't eat any fat you know I, I put on 30 pounds with that diet just saying. Tell me about your passion and purpose in this particular book, The Mediterranean Diabetes Cookbook, Second Edition, because these recipes are delicious. How do we help people understand we can eat well and food can taste delicious?
0: And it can be easy and you can enjoy yourself in the process. That's right. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, Dr. Pett, I started cooking um, very young, but I had to cook when my mom went to work when I was a teenager. So that was my my quote-unquote chore, but I don't like to call it that. And um, she, when she got diagnosed with diabetes, I then had to make her lifestyle plan, you know, work into the way that we ate. And I had to make it delicious because otherwise nobody would eat it and I wouldn't want to eat it. So I tell people if I could do it at 15 without a degree and it was before the days of the Internet and all of these wonderful resources that we have, you know, anybody can do it now. Um, where there's a will, there's a way kind of thing. And I always approach food from even, you know, I remember when I got the contract, when I met the, um, the editor for uh, my current book the first time in Chicago, he was said, you know, well, what, if you'd worked on a book with us, what would it be like? And I said, well, I would create a book that includes the way fishermen eat in Sicily or the way shepherds eat in Greece. I said, farmers in Spain, this is the way we should be eating every day. And I would have, you know, tasty kind of healthy by accident recipes that happen to work within the, the requirements for the ADA. And they said, okay. And that's how I started. I never started anything with, okay, what am I going to think about this low fat? Okay, what am I going to, even though the recipes are low fat? I, I never said, okay, what am I going to you know, think that, that only has this many grams of X? I didn't. I just said, what are traditional recipes that seem helpful to me? And let's see. And you know, using that method, there were only two that didn't fit into in the requirements in my cookbook. So I like to tell people that it's a very no-brainer. If it seems helpful, if you're using local um, you know, produce and things like that that are in season, you, you're, you're setting yourself up for success. And it's, it's really much easier than it seems. It's become mm-hmm. hard because we're, we're away from the process because we're buying things that are packaged and shipped all around the country at the same time. So we don't even know what season it is. But, you know, all you have to do is, even if you, if you don't have a farmer's market, you go to the grocery store, all you have to do is look around what's in the produce aisle that's, you know, cheapest and there's a ton of. That's usually what's in season um, right now. And our bodies crave those nutrients. So um, yeah. that's, that's kind of how I went about it.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things I want to talk about, too, and I want to mention this before we go to break, and then, Benny, we have a copy of the book to give away, is in your book, um, as I'm familiar with your other books, too, you put in a meal planner. And the reason I love this and what you've done is the number one thing I hear, and this is the question from one of our listeners that just uh, came in um, uh, through our text messaging, one of the things that is so important is the planning part. And, Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is, and what I want to say to you about it is somewhere along the way, we, we decided that planning was hard Mm -hmm. and that's not it. And certainly not your book. And when we come back, I want to talk with you about why it's important for each and every one of us to have a plan, And what the plant could look like. And then when we come back, we're going to give a copy of the book away. But really, most funnest part of what we're doing, we're going to tell you what our favorite, favorite recipes are. I know I'm, I'm putting Amy on the spot because I bet every one of these are like her baby. But when we come back, I'm just curious if she's got a favorite.
2: Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered how you might feel differently if the books were full of her instead of him? What if your history lesson was filled with powerful women leaders and rulers? As a woman, would you feel more empowered? As a man, would you see women differently? I'm Megan Edge. I'd love for you to join me on my radio show, Playing on the Edge, Radical Change with Ease, with my co-host, Dr. Pat, on Transformation Talk Radio. I hope to see you there. Curious about the meaning of life? Do you want to deepen your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. The school also organizes group meditations each year to benefit humanity. Whether you're just beginning to reflect on the spiritual side of your life or are a more experienced spiritual seeker, the school warmly welcomes you to join our group. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit esotericstudies.net. That's esotericstudies.net. Are you ready to embrace your essence and the magic of who you are? Let me, Emily Perkins, hold your hand and walk with you as we go treasure hunting for the gold that lies within you. Tune in to Love Living Radio every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information, visit LoveLivingHolistics.com. Are you ready to branch out?
1: Take a leap of faith. Then tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com every second and fourth Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go to ignite the life you deserve. Visit GetRootedRadio.com and tune in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Look, uh, Benny, we're going to give a copy of this fabulous book away, the Mediterranean Diabetes Cookbook. This is the second edition. Uh, Before we do that, Amy, this is not the only book you've done. But I also want folks to know about how they can find out more about you. Uh, you're an award-winning, best-selling author. You're a chef. You're a television personality. Of course, the Mediterranean diet advocate. But more importantly, you're passionate and purposeful about bringing vibrant health to, to people. So please give out your website one more time if you don't mind.
0: Sure. Thanks, Dr. Pat. It's amyriolo.com. So it's spelled A-M-Y-R-I-O-L-O dot com. All of my books are available on Amazon. And um, you can learn pretty much everything about me and my tours and my appearances all on the website.
1: Uh, yeah, please go ahead and check it out. And uh, if you've never seen Amy in person, you are going to absolutely be blown away. Dynamic is an understatement, and you're hearing part of it today. Um, <laughs> you made this- my my year. Uh, no, no kidding. Right. I've watched all the videos I'm telling you, I don't think I've seen a single picture of you where you have not had that smile on your face. It's just <laughs> crazy good. I love it. Um, Benny, let's go ahead and give a copy of the book away. If you don't mind. one eight hundred nine three zero two eight one nine. 930 2819 And please feel free if you call in to give Benny a question uh, or to ask uh, Amy a question 1-800-930-2819. Uh, we are going to talk about our favorite recipes, but I want to get uh, this question from Jackie um, on the show. And, and, and it's a question, and let me just see if I can get it on here because these text messages are so abbreviated. So it's, hi, Dr. Pat. Hi, Amy. Um, I'm one of those folks, like you talked about, that went down the no-fat road. Can you ask Amy if she discovered how fat affects the body and what are some of the good fats that used to be really bad fats that she would talk about and be an advocate for? That's a great question.
0: Thank you, Jack. It is Jack. a wonderful question. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for bringing it up and for, for calling in. Yeah. Um, the first thing with fats is, you know, and it's like every other nutrient, not all fats are created equal, just like not all carbs are. So um, there are great sources of healthier, unsaturated fats, um, which can help us to boost our mood, our memory, nerve function. Um, a lot of these are also nutrient-dense foods, so like avocados, like walnuts. Um, the fats that are in fish are very, very good for us. Uh, the omega-3 fatty acids are very good for us. So we want to, when we think about fat, think of those. Um, There's no really need to eat lard. Um, Also, you know, things like that. So fried food in terms of fat, that would be a bad, you know, example of fat. But you could have once in a while. You don't have to give it up in the vegetarian lifestyle. But you wouldn't want to be, you know, doing it on a regular basis kind of thing. Uh, Also, of course, olive oil. Number one, I'm going to be speaking at the um, Olive Oil Conference of the North America Olive Oil Association on June 21st that's coming up. And I'm a big proponent of extra virgin olive oil, especially um, good quality if you can get a low acidic, High phenolic olive oil; those are the really the best um, for our health. The reason why fat uh, becomes important in, in diet, in addition to those those things, is because for especially people with diabetes, every meal should have a combination of protein and carbohydrate and fat in it. That's just that's considered to be a balanced meal. So you do need to have some fat. You wouldn't want to be like zero, uh, you know, percent fat free in everything, and it's pretty impossible to do. So it's okay. And then um, a lot of nutrients are what we call fat-soluble. So um, if we had take a specific spice, which is supposed to have an effect, for example, a lot of people nowadays are taking turmeric, and they're saying because it's anti-inflammatory, but they're on um, low-fat diets, so they're not reaping the full benefits of the turmeric if they take it by itself with water. Because turmeric is fat-soluble, you have to take it with a little bit of fat, so a little bit of extra virgin olive oil, which is what I love, but also you could do coconut oil or some other kind of healthful fat on an avocado, um, you know, with some walnuts. But you don't want to have just the turmeric by itself. That helps to boost up the um, the nutrients and to, uh, helps our body to absorb the nutrients from specific other foods. So um, it's it's purposeful to us for many, many reasons. And I can totally understand how somebody would get, you know, crazy on the, the low-fat thing because we've heard it for so many years, and then yeah. the industry, you know, puts out all of these things with – with symbols. And for someone who has low, low, uh, someone who has diabetes and is um, interested in uh, uh, diabetes friendly lifestyle, a lot of different things that are offered in low fat options for them are good choices. But if you don't have diabetes and you're just looking forward, you know, to live healthfully and to eat foods that you can get the most nutrient bang for your buck, then there wouldn't really be a a need to do that. It would be more about avoiding fried food, avoiding, um, you know, lard and just, specific products that have not trans fats and, you know, unhealthy fats for us.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things I loved is, and this is something we should point out, um, if your lifestyle or what you're eating, let's say, let's just refer to it like that, if what you're eating right now is something that you get through a drive-through, the level of fat that is contained in most of the fast food or packaged food we put in our body is so outrageously high that having olive oil or goat cheese is a massive improvement. And I think mm-hmm. we don't talk about that. You know, but I think that's Correct. where the non-fat craze came from. It was, mm. okay, everybody, this is what's happening, no fat. But if we think about what we're putting into our system, mm-hmm. whether it's a drive-through, or those uh, inside aisles of your grocery store. And, and we're willing to just cut back and maybe cook three days a week instead of buying something out of a box. That's a starting point. And, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I want to ask you about that because sometimes people get turned off by, oh my gosh, how am I going to do it? But
0: you also talk about you got to start somewhere. Sure, sure, and everything is relative, and every little bit counts. You know the Italians say tutto fa brodo, which means everything makes broth. Every little bit counts. So yep. you know if some if, if you know people are eating you know really processed foods and and things like that every day, and they just start out with you know one day a week eating natural foods, great, because then throughout the next week you're going to find little ways to kind of incorporate them in. If um, a lot of people tell me, do I have to have fresh fish? Can I use frozen fish? And I say, hey, you know, if, if frozen fish are something that are easy and, and available for you to buy, and you can keep your freezer stocked, and then you can go home on a busy night and in 10 minutes, have a great meal at the same time, that it would less time than it would cost you to order something that's super healthy for you, I'd much rather be eating that frozen fish than um, eating something which wasn't healthful. So it's all relative of course of course just like anything in life there's the gold standard of the best you could have in a perfect world but then there are also all of these little choices of you know choose this instead of that that people can do that really help it and a lot of them are tasty you know the combination of olive oil and garlic and and chili peppers sizzling in a pan I think I don't know anybody who that wouldn't whet their appetite you can throw shrimp in that and some broccoli and have dinner in five minutes you can you, you know you can do so many different things with it you can put it on pasta you can put it on on other greens and um, any basically turn anything into a side dish uh, with that little holy trinity and um so it's just a matter of getting in the habit you know pick one thing that you like and try it you know um some i have friends and, and colleagues that pick like you know one new fruit or vegetable every week or we have those new csa boxes now where people are getting you know deliver fresh produce from their from their uh, farmer once a week or once a month those are phenomenal because um people re- will really get back into the mindset of the ancient mediterranean where okay i've got uh, onions and turnips and tomatoes and eggplant. And I've got to get the most out of these and see what I can do with them. And it's a great way for, for people to eat, but seasonal, but also to to experiment with um, maybe fruits and vegetables that they wouldn't normally experiment with.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, part of this too, Amy, is what we're doing. And I think Benny will go ahead and skip the next break. Part of what we're doing is we're really bringing a message to folks that says two things for me. One this is a love affair. This can be a love affair. The exactly. other thing that I, the other thing I got to say about these recipes in this particular book that we're looking at now, they are delicious. I want to ask you this question. Uh, I know I'm going to put you on the spot. But do you have a favorite or, let's say, a several favorites? Mm-hmm. And the reason I ask you that question, and I'm kind of hesitant, because my favorites change like a, a, from point to point. But mm-hmm. and they today, should.
0: yeah, what would you pick? <laughs> I, I think they should change because that shows that you're in tune with your body and that you're, you're, and our bodies know what it needs to a certain extent. Sometimes when you're craving a food, it means that we are missing a certain type of mineral or, you know, whatever. Um, I love the penne with the eggplant tomato sauce on page Mm -hmm. 174. That was a family favorite. It's just um, something that I can make that everybody sits down and enjoys. And a lot of my students learn it, and it becomes their family dish. Nobody would know it's diabetes-friendly. Nobody would know it's different. Um, It just tastes great. I also really love and make a lot for book signings and um, things where I have to have, like a little dip available, the white bean lemon and herb feta dip. Uh, That's a really fun one. Great appetizer. Very quick. You know, uh, cannellini beans have been proven to help reduce our risk of colorectal cancer by 20%. They taste great. It's like, you know, sophisticated, uh, different version of, uh, of hummus kind of thing if for a party. Really a lot of fun and, and a great dish. I like that a lot. I also like the Lebanese spinach um, stuffed bread triangles. There is a Valencian seafood paella that my uh, great late friend Rosa Vilea taught me how to make. She was actually from Valencia. And she used to make the paella every year for the Spanish embassy and also for a big Spanish festival that we had here in D.C. So uh, there are many great recipes. And I promise if you don't tell anybody they're diabetes friendly, they won't know.
1: They won't know. I made uh, out of your book, uh, for those of you out there, absolutely right. If you don't tell people that they're – that exactly. I made the uh, Siciliano. I made the uh, fava bean fennel and uh, regatta. Uh-huh dip. I
0: made that. Uh, That is wonderful. So that's maku, and it's something traditionally made uh, around St. Joseph's Day. Um, It's an amazing dip. You know, fava beans are one of the world's oldest agricultural crops. They've got a lot of protein for us. They're delicious. They're cheap. And um, when you mix it with the fennel and the ricotta, uh, it's a great dip.
1: Unbelievable, this was absolutely unbelievable. Um, I want to ask you this question, and I know we've got a little time left. I was talking to you about the fact that I read your book. I have introduced to myself again um, what I grew up with, and I grew up with a number of different things, but one of the things we always had was cheese and Mm -hmm. figs and fruit we always had something like that on the table right and Mm -hmm. and i had forgotten that i had forgotten how important some of these foods are and i want to talk to you a little bit about figs Mm -hmm. i don't think i ever remember a time where my grandmother didn't have figs is this the calabrian
0: side yes yes (laughs) yes yes Yes, they're very common very common, and they make the best, the best figs in the in the some of the best in the world come from there. They have a DOP status. But yes, figs, uh, and I also used to work for the for the um, fig council here in the state, so that's kind of a funny tie-in. But uh, ounce per ounce, figs have more nutrients than any other fruit, so they're very nutrient dense. And when you dry them, the, the nutrients um compounds, you get even more yes. um, from drying them. They're delicious. They're easy, and you can do so many different things with them. Just I always remind people, you know, choose the ones that don't have sugar added, sugar coating. You'd be amazed, like, how, many, how much dried fruit has sugar that it's not advertised. Just kind of double check that, you know, that's not available. But figs are, are really, really a wonderful choice. And for people who are busy and have to create snacks on the run or, you know, eat breakfast in the car kind of thing, a handful of almonds, a couple of dried figs is, um, is really a good, can, can help you go a long way.
1: Well, you know, part of what I love about what you've done here is not only has this been a great reminder for me, but it's also highly creative. Um, I want to ask you, as you wrote this book, and I know this might be a strange question, um, but as you wrote this book, did you discover a recipe that you thought, "Wow, I had never heard of that, or I've never heard of this particular ingredient used in this way. I guess what I'm asking you, it's hard to me imagine that you're ever surprised, mm-hmm. but so many juicy things in here. Did anything surprise you?
0: Um well, sometimes they surprise me when I you know when I first taste them or when I learn of them, and then I think, okay, you know, um, that people like this. Like this is needed. And one of them in this book is the Tunisian herb and olive oil mashed potatoes. Um, <gasps> that was a big surprise because I I um, am one of those people who I don't like to do substitutes. I we're not going to take your favorite family Christmas Thanksgiving Hanukkah dish and try to make it healthy. You know, it's once a year. Go ahead, go all out, eat it, enjoy it, and we'll talk health the next day. Um, <laughs> but so when I find something that that can, you know, be that without trying and and taste every bit as good, if not better, I'm really excited. So I love buttery mashed potatoes just like everybody else does. Um, But I had these Tunisian mashed potatoes, which had olive oil in them and a lot of, um, like, you know, a cupful of freshly chopped herbs, and they were amazing. And I liked them better than traditional mashed potatoes. So I said, okay, took out all the butter, took out all the, you know, extra salt because dill has a lot of mineral salt in it, uh, mineral uh, salt in terms of taste. And, um, you know, here we can have this great mashed potato dish. It tastes better without all the bad stuff, and why not? So I put those in there. And that was that was a very good, um, fun surprise for me, you know, things like that, that um, I, I can give people wholeheartedly, tell them to enjoy it and um, not have to worry about what it does kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I looked at that recipe because I think you have a picture of it in the book. and mm-hmm. And I thought I had to really go back in time and think about, how many food items had olive oil on it. Mm-hmm. And, and I gotta tell you that we have to get back to the basics in this and, and yet at the same time, move beyond this idea that this is hard because I didn't find any recipe in here that took an, an ordinary amount of time or that you couldn't do some of the prep work for beforehand and have it ready and put it together. You know, isn't this also part of looking at how to create healthy foods in a lifestyle that requires us to do things a little bit differently?
0: Exactly. I tried to, you know, mention all of the prep work. And even sometimes if I miss things, my editors would come in and say, Hey, can't we, can't we do this a day in advance? And I'm like, sure. Because I realize, I realize we have to structure things differently. People, you know, don't have entire days to cook often. And so um, this is, this is uh, part of the way that it's been organized, to, to really help people put things together and to enjoy good food. And if, you know, great, it's a day off and you're snowed in and you can make the, the really longer cooking things, fantastic. But if you need, you know, get something within 10 minutes on the table and have it be restaurant quality or better, you can do that too.
1: Uh, Amy, um, I know we've got a few minutes left. I, I want to ask you this particular question that has to do with help. What do you think if I had to, if you had to pick your top three misunderstood foods, herbs, uh, uh, meat, whatever, your top three, what do we as a society in this country? Because I don't think it's the same around the world what foods are completely misunderstood? And as a result of that, we either not eating them, not eating them in the way we should, and therefore not getting their nutrition. What do you think are, are, are some of our misunderstood foods?
0: Um, I don't know if they're misunderstood or, or um, underappreciated, but I'm going to start you go. with um, you know, beans and legumes. And then I'll yeah. talk about olive oil and uh, produce. So uh, beans and legumes, you know, poor man's food. Nobody knows how to do them. They just sit there. We give them to the food banks, but we don't use them ourselves. They may have been poor man's food at one time, but actually in antiquity they were they were worth their weight in gold. Lentils were literally worth their weight in gold. And I tell people now they're worth their weight in gold for our health because they're nutritional powerhouses. They're full of protein. They've got a lot of fiber, and they provide a lot of other nutrients that other food groups don't. They're super cheap. Anybody can eat them, and they cook in minutes. So. Red lentils can cook in under five minutes. You know, brown lentils and green, maybe 15, 20, 30, depending upon what they are. The black ones take a little longer. But um, every day we should be having a half a cup serving of beans or legumes. So um, that's my number one thing. And the great thing, they're they're blank culinary canvases. We can use them in a million ways. Uh, second thing would be um, the, fe- the fresh produce. Um, you know, so um, many of our meals are planned in the United States i um, thinking of the protein first. So we're going to say, okay, like I'm going to have lamb, and then on the side I'm going to have this and this. And we should be saying, you know, it's artichoke season, so how many ways can we get artichokes in this meal? And then, you know, what protein are we going to have with that to supplement it? We should be doing it the other way. Uh, even if we go to a restaurant, we should be doing it the other way. Order two or three sides and, and you know, a serving of, of protein and split that with somebody because the the restaurant size portions are always family size, especially when it comes to meat. Um, so that, that would be a, a big thing to say. Um, and then the other one, I would definitely olive oil. Uh, people really, um, there's so much to learn about olive oil. I have a lot of free resources. There's information in the book on my blog. Um, you can t- type in uh, what the Italians want you to know about olive oil and learn about uh, some of the different conferences I've attended in Italy for their olive oil consortium. What to look for, you know, um, a good low quality, uh, sorry, low acid will be a higher quality um, olive oil. So the lower the acid, the higher the quality, and also um, the higher the phenols because those are the things that have all the antioxidants that can help us with all the illness. Olive oil, in addition to being good on its own and being a good healthy fat and anti-inflammatory and the list goes on and on, it also helps to amp up the nutrient power of whatever we're eating. So we eat a salad, salad's great, we have olive oil, olive oil's great, but when we put the olive oil and the salad together, the, the nutrients in that salad will be bumped up by the olive oil in addition. Um, so that's a great way to use it, too. And people always tell me, talking of misconceptions, they always ask me, you know, okay, that's I, that's nice, this is good olive oil, but what one should I be cooking with? And it, I always stop because I say it's going in your body. You know, and when I go, and I, I don't mean to sound like a snob, but when I go to, <laughs> you know, change the oil in my car, the, the mechanic will always tell me, you know, this is the better one that you can put in your car or this is the less one. And you kind of feel bad putting the bad one in your car. This is your body. You know, we've got one body. And we know this this product is really good for us. So use the one that you love and also use, you know, the best quality they possibly can because it will really, it will show you benefits um, in the long run.
1: Yeah, I think we picked that up along the way. I think that what happened is we went through what I call the miseducation of food. And somewhere mm-hmm. along the way, we gathered some information. But I'll tell you, there was only one kind of one bottle of oil out. Now, uh, clearly my 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 mom and my grandma, they may have changed it up, but you know, they either got these from Italy, they came in these big cans, but I don't remember any oil and I don't remember them ever cooking with something different. And mm-hmm. so, I think what we're really talking about are just some common sense things that we've seen over time. Right? Um, Correct. and I don't know why we would compromise, especially on taste, but certainly Amy, I want to thank you for today. And I also want to thank you for your passion and purpose to bring healthy back, um,
0: thank and you to so bring much, it back. And likewise.
1: Yeah. I mean, not just to bring healthy back, but to bring healthy and delicious back. Thank you so much for that.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure to hear from you.
1: You know, for those of you out there, I want to make sure that you know this is the Mediterranean Diabetes Cookbook. Amy, one more time for the website. Let folks know how they can find out more about you.
0: Sure. It's amyriolo.com. A M Y R I O L O.com.
1: And for those of you out there, please go to the website. Lots of information, lots of tips. Uh, and make sure, try some of these out. Really super, super easy to do and delicious. And by the way, one of the things I discovered about these, some of these recipes you can make as snacks for your kids. Yummy. Hey, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. We'll see you next time.
0: The preceding audio was via a Skype call.